Hi, this is Casey Treat. I'm pastor at Christian Faith, and we are excited to have you with us on our podcast. Thanks for joining in. I'm praying that you're gonna hear a word that will inspire you, empower you to connect with Jesus and become more like Him. That's what we live for. That's what's happening on today's podcast. Hi. Okay, so I just want to like give a shout out to that testimony of new Jeremiah in the house. Is that like so amazing? I just love that. At Olu, so um, Olu, all the fierce ladies that were there at the last um, time that we had together, we honored uh, I think four different women, but Olu was one of them. Do you remember? I don't know if you if you were here. You remember? She literally was sitting right here. We honored Olu, and as I saw her, she was pregnant. And I remember thinking, I'm sure she's pregnant, but I don't want to say it. From I wasn't positive. You know what I mean? You don't want to say it until you know it. You know. So I came down and I talked to her after we had honored her and she was pregnant, and she told me the story of how she had prayed the last fierce night, and we had believed God for her. But I love that her husband, Ola, I mean, come on, somebody, who does that? Olu and Ola, I love that. Ola said to his wife in her despair, and he said, honey, I will drive you. And they live all the way past Mill Creek, so they drive down the freeway, come and he sits in the parking lot waiting for his wife to receive their miracle. Come on, husbands. Come on, husbands. I, I am just, it's such a joy to see what God does. And look what the Lord does constantly. Like they go through a storm, and those are not fun. There's no such thing. Nobody loves going through storms and challenges and having disappointments and having sad moments in life. Those are challenging. Those are hard. That's what actually, hopefully you understand, church family, we're, we're with you at those storm times. We're with you to pray and believe through. And then to come to this other side where she's holding that little Jeremiah, come on, that little miracle of the Lord in their life. And I'm like, who knows what that boy will do and the next that shall follow, because in Jesus' name they shall have more. And that is just an amazing testimony. So we love to pray, though. We, we believe for miracles. And I just believe that there's been miracles already in our midst where people that you came in sad and there, there's a real spirit of peace that has really helped and strengthened you. There's been an anxiety that you walked in and with that anxiety, you know, anxiety is not of the Lord. Anxiety has that sense of, you know, it's like that you're not really sure, but that the goodness of God, like even the words that have been sung and the, and the things that have been said have brought a sense of that sense of contentment in your heart. I just believe that happens in the spirit of God, in the midst of God, that you came in with fear. You came with, with a question in your mind, but you feel at peace over getting God's answer. That happens. And to me, those are, the those, are, those are the miracles that sometimes we don't honor. Those are the miracles to me that are the more important things. You know, it's more important to me that, I, that instead of walking in anxiety, that I, that I have the peace of God than I have like, you know, a million dollars in my account. Because, now, not that I would not like to have a million dollars in my account, family. I'm just telling you, you know, this is Pastor Appreciation Day. Anybody feel like just putting that, dropping that in? I'm like, hello, somebody. <laughs> but we all know, we say this, but it is true. People can have all the money, okay? And, you know, money is nice in the sense it can provide certain things. It can get you certain things, like praise the Lord. But note this, money cannot get you peace, 
Money cannot deal with your fear. Money cannot help you with your anxiety, okay? The Spirit of the Lord will help you with those things. And so we should value those things that are really, you cannot buy the things that are very, very valuable to your very soul and to your very being. And so we speak that in Jesus' name right now. In the name of Jesus, we speak that, that joy and that peace and that healing in your heart, the brokenness in your life, that there is a restoration that's happening right now that is so supernatural, where there could not be forgiveness, that there is now forgiveness. As we were singing that song, um, I can't remember, what are the words, Tasha? The forgiveness line. We come alive. Yeah, that we, his, 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 he will heal us. That's right. That's why I look at the words when I'm singing. I'm telling you, family, as you can tell. <laughs> but we come alive with his forgiveness. You know, forgiveness, you know, we're talking about metamorphosis, which is so exciting. But the thing about forgiveness is that forgiveness is honestly impossible without God. It's just impossible. You know, people in the world always, they go to counselors, they try, they try, they try, they try. Because there are bad things that have happened to, to many of you in this room. There are things that have happened to some of you in this room that in your own ability, it's kind of like, you know, my dad, he, he looked bad at me one day and I'm, I, I'm mad at him. Well, you know, okay, go forgive him. But some of you are dealing with people that you had true abuse, you had true challenges. And those are things that can scar the, the very being of who you are. It can change the direction of your life. And there is no natural forgiveness that, that touches that part of your soul, but there is God's love. There is the power of his forgiveness that touches that depth of pain that only God's light can touch. It can, only God's light can get to that place of darkness that has just crippled you in your life. And God loves you enough to always bring you to a place of getting healed and whole in your life so that instead of walking in that in that tattooedness of, you know, like it's like the devil tattoos something on your very soul. And the Spirit of the Lord says, oh, I know how to take that off. I can take that off with you. If you want me to, I will work and I will get that tattoo off your soul and get you, and get you free instead of living in bondage. That's who our God is. Amen? Come on, that's who he is. Praise the Lord. So, okay, all the girls in the house, lift your hand. Come on, I want to see all the girls. Come on, girl, girl, girls. Come on, girl. Okay, I want to see you sat this Friday night at 6 o'clock. This, I see some hands not lifted up that are girls. Get your hands up there, girl. Okay, 6 o'clock this Friday night. Come with your tennis on, ready to have fun, ready to just really be in that presence of God. But we have some really fun stuff planned at the beginning. And then we have uh, just prayer and uh, amazing worship. Where I just, we really get to be in that presence with God. In that place, miracles happen. And I, 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 I long for those moments. And I love those moments that God really is able to touch and move and have a very special time with us. And of course, you brothers show up at 9 o'clock on Saturday for food. <laughs> I'm teasing you for a good time with God. Amen. Wow. Okay. So that's good. Hey, we've got some, uh, it is a uh, pastor appreciation day. And I just want to give a shout out to, you know, Chris and to Tosi and to Sunray and to Coco and Volley. And I know, and of course to Caleb, you know, hello. And to my favorite, Casey Tree. He's my fave. So uh, it's just such a joy to be able to just be doing what God has called us to do. So, but I do expect nice words from you. I just want you to know, all of y'all can, you can go ahead and say nice words about how wonderful that I am. 
<laughs> I'm amazing. Okay, all right, I'll tell myself. Okay, so. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but it's just great being in church and really receiving what God has for us. So I hope that you come in with uh, the seriousness of what God has, but also the joy of the Lord that is our strength, yeah? So metamorphosis is just an amazing message to speak on or to change with what God has for us in our life. But let's look at Romans 12 because that truly is the secret. It's the secret sauce of our life. It's the secret sauce to me even of the word. I believe that many, many, even many Christians that do, that until you get this particular revelation, many things don't always make sense. And I think this is a primary absolute of understanding how to have what God wants you to have. It is really found right, so simply found in Romans 12 too. And do not be conformed, okay? Do not be conformed to this world, okay? But be transformed by, by, be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now, I just got to say, uh, I, I got to go right here to the message because this particular translation of it, it just kind of like, I just like it. So I have to read it so that you get these kind of words. Okay, it says, uh, uh, um, okay, uh, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Now this, we're talking about metamorphosis, that we are going to be people that really understand the principle of change. But first he says, man, you can't become so well adjusted. I always love that when you read the Bible, that this Bible was written hundreds of years ago, right? But it fits right now. You would think, wait, did they write that yesterday? Wait, yes, in the spirit of the Lord. He, yes, he has it that was written so alive for each and every one of us for right now. Don't become so well adjusted to the culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, instead, fix your attention on God. Fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly responding to it unlike the culture around you. Unlike the culture around you. This is important. Always dragging you down to the level of immaturity. This is a great understanding of what the world offers. You know how sometimes we think, oh man, be careful, the world wants you. I mean, you, you're gonna fall over into the world. The world's, you know, don't, you, the Christians are so afraid that other Christians are gonna fall into the world. And I'm like, well, if you read the scriptures, that I, I think some of y'all that have backslidden at times, you would testify to this very scriptural understanding. Is it, you have to readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, the culture of the world, okay? What is the culture? It is to drag you down to their level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you and develops well-formed maturity in you, okay? So if you and I would just stop for a moment in understanding this whole thing of change and to be changed to the image of Christ, okay? Some of you were trained, like, watch out for the world, the world, get, be careful, don't, be careful of the world, the world's gonna get you. And I would say to all that kind of way of thinking, I'm like, the world offers nothing. The world offers nothing. It says right there, you know what the world offers when it's, when it's trying to lure you into their culture and into their ways? It offers you immaturity and sadness. 
The world offers you anxiety and fear. The world offers you competition and division. The world offers you mean words and, and, and not accepting you. The world offers you no peace that passes understanding. The world offers you this sense of, oh my gosh, things are gonna happen. Poison is all over, anxiety. There's gonna be, the world's coming to an end and then there's gonna be a nuclear war. The world offers you that. So when I'm thinking about change and that what God offers me, and he says, I have given you life and life abundantly. I'm like, okay, which team am I picking? Do you see what I'm saying, church? Which team are you picking? Do you want to pick the side of anxiety, fear, immaturity, division, and, and not acceptance? Or do you want to pick the team that says peace, love, kindness, joy, family? Okay, pick. Do you know, we hear a lot of words, kind of the how-tos, and you can do this, and all the, you know, we hear a lot of stuff, and sometimes it, get, it gets kind of, uh, we kind of get it kind of mushed up a little bit. But really, change, metamorphosis, being like Christ, you make the choice daily to say, I want to be in peace, joy, kindness, family, more than enough, or I want to be anxiety, fear, d division, meanness, gossip, anxiety. Okay, pick. If you and I would actually kind of make it as simple as that, and we would make it simple as that in our parenting, and we would make it simple as that in our grandparenting, and we would make it as simple as that in our life, I, I think that we would recognize, I think I'll stay over here. When a challenge comes into my life, when, when anxiety comes, when things come up and choices come up in my life, I'm not going over there. I don't care what, I don't care, I'm not going over there. Because that will not produce fruit. That will not help me. So I'm just not going to go over there. Do I understand everything that's over here? Do I live well? It, it, you know, am, I, am, I am I experiencing all those good things that Wendy just said? Do I have all those things happening? Well, no, not always. You know, because life has situations that we have to figure out how to live. So, but I'm still not going to move. I'm going to stay in this section and I'm going to learn how to have what's over here. I'm going to grow in what's over here because being over here is life and life abundantly. Do you see what I'm saying? Go ahead, clap, just to make it clap. You know what I mean. Helps me out. Because, because I just think sometimes we make being a Christian maybe a little more complicated. You know, like, like, watch out, the flesh is going to get you. And I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not going for it because I know what the flesh gets me at the end. Like that old mold. Yesterday I went to my apple tree. My apple tree. I did make a little thing of applesauce, but my apples didn't come out very good this year. Somebody's going to have to give me some wisdom because I got mold. I got this. A lot of them, are, they're, they're like not pretty, and they got little moldy stuff on them, and it's gross, and I don't want it. And I'm thinking, well, I don't want mold in my life. I don't want garbage in my life. I want the goodness of God. I want a pretty, pretty apple in my life. 
I want goodness. I want life in my life. I'm going to feed it so that I get the best out of my life. So when I read this particular scripture, when I read this and I'm like, it says, embrace what God does for me. Embrace it. So if the word says embrace it, that actually says that some of the times we're not embracing it. Some of the times we're not remembering to embrace what God has for us. Some of the time we're letting life just run by us and we're not embracing what God does for us. And it's the best thing that we can do. Don't become so well adjusted to the culture of this earth. And I'm like, okay, God, just think for a moment, family. How am I well adjusted? Ask yourself that question. How have, I, how have I allowed myself to become well adjusted to the culture and the world around me? What's my conversation like? Who's my group of friends like? Am I in life group? Am I serving? Do I, in, in my job, who are the people that I lean to and have conversations? Who do I run to in situations of what's going on and what, what's, go, what's happening? What kind, of, what kind of TV shows am I watching? What are the things that I go to that I want to watch? And do, do, I, do I freely tell anybody what I'm watching? Do I freely talk to anybody about what I'm watching on my social media? Do I freely have just this open door policy of look at anything that's on my phone and my, anything that I'm, all my games or, you know, where I'm spending my time. It, it kind of says, like, what am I embracing? And that's a really good question to ask yourself of am I, am I really embracing the things of God and, so that I can really have that sense of mission and accomplishment and having a life full of fruit of, of goodness in, in my life, that I'm having relationships that are solid and healthy, that I have peace that passes understanding, that I'm not living in fear, or have I been embracing some stuff that the reason that I keep living in fear and anxiety, the reason I'm afraid that somebody might see what I'm doing. You know, years ago, Casey and I, there was this couple in the church, and Casey and I said, hey, let's go, let's go out to lunch. And, and the wife, it, it's so funny. Now I could read it after I, I found out what was happening. But she looked at me and went, oh, oh, okay, okay. Okay, okay, we'll go to lunch. But her face had pure terror on it. Not like, oh, sure, we'll go to lunch and have a little lunch, you know. So it was pure terror. So finally, about two months later, three months later, we went out to lunch with this couple. It was so funny. So we're sitting at lunch, but it was just lunch. I mean, we were just eating. That was our goal, lunch. We didn't ask him because we had anything that we were going to say. So we're eating lunch. And so after about, you know, 20, 30 minutes going to lunch, and they go, okay, okay, you know why we, have, we couldn't have lunch when you first asked us? And me and Casey are both sitting there just innocent. We're like, uh, no, we, we don't have a clue of why. She goes, well, I've been watching some really bad soap operas on TV. <laughs> I said, Did, didn't know that. She goes, well, I figured God would tell you during lunch. <laughs> I always hear from God. I just want you to know, if you get around me, I'm going to hear from God. So sin will be told. No, as if I know what you're doing all the time. 
I thought it was so hysterical, but it also let me see something that I, I, I was like, oh my gosh, you know, I was, we, we were young as pastors and it really taught me this lesson. I thought it was hysterical. I'm like, well, how would I have known that you were watching soap operas? How would I know what you're watching on TV? Except the fact that her own heart condemned her. Her own heart. So she's over here in anxiety and watching stuff that is not breathing life, not bringing strength, not giving her health, not helping her to do what she really wanted to accomplish to do. And as soon as somebody said something, all of that guilt came. And, and of course, you do realize that the devil loves to deal with shame. He loves to deal with shame in your life. He loves to pull you apart from other people by bringing shame into your life because you're so ashamed of what you're doing. So what, so what you think, well, the, the, what people will say is, oh, I wasn't really comfortable around that group of people. Oh, really what it is is that you are in shame because there's things that you are ashamed about and the devil loves you not to be comfortable around that group of people because he loves to keep you set apart. And so how can you change in your life when shame is a part of your identity as your Christian life? I'm like, come on, somebody. We've got to get you out of shame where you go, you know what? Hey, devil, boom, boom, boom. I'm flicking you off. And I'm not going to live over there in the shame department. I'm not going to live over there in the doing stuff that's going to bring me down the pathway of destruction. And I'm not going to be able to change and have all that God wants in my life. I'm not going to live in shame. I'm going to change some things in my life. I'm going to have God's goodness in my life. And you make some change. But it says right here, come on, somebody. It says, don't, be, don't become so well-adjusted to the culture that you just fit right in. If you are fitting right in all the time in the culture that you're living in, there is a challenge. There should be some people around you that call you certain names at times that don't think that you're, they go, oh, you're just a holier than thou or you're just a, well, they use words that I'm not gonna, but they use words against us that often is kind of like, what? And then we get offended and then we're like, oh, I wanna be a part, I wanna be liked. And then we, and then we try to scoot back over here instead of just say, oh, those are just, that's just trickery. Those are just trickery, those trickery words to draw me back into a place of anxiety, fear, not fitting in, having division, and not feeling good about myself. But God's spirit brings in love, joy, peace, kindness. He feels this, that he just puts his arms around us in great love so that we are able to walk in this place that you can never walk in the world. Yeah? And so it continues on. I love this. God will change you from the inside out. Now, that is really important. There's two things that I want to make sure that you see in this particular scripture. It says, give your attention to God. In your life, give our attention to God. What has God got in his word? Giving our attention to God's way. Are we reading his word? Are we studying God's word? Are we listening to God's word? You know, like I always, like I always ask us all the time, have you downloaded your Bible on your smartphone or on your iPad? Have you downloaded your Bible? Or if you have your paper Bible, do you have any kind of Bible plan that's in your life and in your world that you're saying, man, I want to know what God's word has to say in my life because I'm giving attention to God's way. I'm giving attention to it. And it isn't like, you know, that you have to read for hours and hours, but is there a scripture that you're thinking on that day, that you're talking about that day? It says that you, you talk about it when you get up and you talk about it when you lay down, that you have conversations in your household, that you have conversations with your kids. You know, being a parent is tough, but it's, it's doable. 
But the thing about parenting that I think many parents go, well, you know, I send them to a good school or I, you know, I do the best I can. And I'm like, well, you know, the word teaches us as parents to teach them all the time. When you wake up, when you're sitting at the table, when you're driving in the car, when you're talking about a sports, when you're watching TV with them, it says to teach them all the time. That, all, that, that it's not your Christian school or your good school. In fact, it's not their job at all to train up your children. You should be watching what is being taught to them and be very attentive to that. It's a parent's love and joy to teach your children to honor and to worship God. And so we, that's what we do is that we are attentive to God's way. I think that when we're attentive to God's way, then our conversation always brings about a conversation to the things of God because it's just a part of the abundance of our heart. Does that make, church, does that make sense, church family? Does that make sense to you? That is the abundance of our heart. And you go, well, I'm not really comfortable with it. Okay. Let me tell you about that. So you say, I'm not really comfortable with it. That's like, y'all know Terry Tarsic who plays the piano up here? Do you know, well, he plays and he also teaches in our Bible school. He teaches on Wednesday night Bible study. We went to Bible college with him, right? And so we've known him since before everybody else. You know what I mean? We've known him since I was 18 years old. So we've known Terry a long time. So when Terry, I've, I'll use him as my best example because when I came into Bible school, I was so intimidated with everything. I mean, I didn't, know where, I didn't know where any books of the Bible were. I didn't, I didn't know anything about anything. I was a, I was, I was a small, t- small town kid, moved to Seattle all by myself. I'm 18 years old. I don't know what's going on. And Terry Tarsic is playing the piano. So Terry, then Terry starts to pray on a, a, not even a mic. I think he just prayed because I don't know we even had mics in Bible school. But he started to pray. And I have to tell you, even when Terry was only, because I'm 18, he was, I think, 19 then or 20. I think he's a year or two years older, right? He, even when he was that age, he's, he just prayed scripture like a, like a, like a, a shotgun. I mean, the, he could just quote the scriptures and pray like a madman. And I was totally like, oh my gosh, I can't do it that way. Okay? So that was my first example, my first moment of going, I can't do it. And I felt like even in that, the Spirit of the Lord says, I'm not asking you to do it like that. I want you to be you. And can I say, the Spirit of God is speaking to every one of you in this room. I don't need you to be somebody else. I need you to be you. I need you to pray like you do. I need you to talk about the word like you do. I don't need you to be intimidated. I don't need you to quote every scripture. Even though I love the personality of Terry, I honor the personality of Terry. I've always been inspired by Terry's personality of just being able to quote the scripture and know so much. It's been so inspiring. But that's not me, and, that's, and that might be some of you that have that bent of personality strength. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying, just like he said to me when I was 18, and I started off my walk with Christ. You also have to be you. You cannot close your mouth and not be bold and very courageous because you're like, oh, I just don't do a very good job at it. You'll never learn something if you don't do it. You'll never get better at something if you don't do it. It's that simple. And some of y'all go, well, my husband does it so well. My wife does it so well. My parents do it so well. Yeah, they do. Yes, praise the Lord, they do. So can you. You still can do you in that. You know, it's so fun, like, having the grandkids, you know, they spend the night all the time. And, and you know, I'll have them, like, I, I, I try to be very creative. In, I love having them. I, I try to be very creative in having them 
pray or say things so that they can be bold because they're all different personalities, you know? You got first and you got middle and you've got the little. And then the Mohau doesn't yet pray out loud. I mean, we're working on it, but being one, he's kind of, you know, he's, I'm getting him to say grandma, let alone, you know, anything else, you know? But, but the thing about it is, is that there's different personalities. And I guess I just want to say to each and every one of you, this is a word of the Lord for some of you that have allowed yourself to be intimidated, for allowed yourself to stop, allowed yourself to think everybody else is better than you in this. Well, it's not that they're better than you. It's that they're different than you. We have to stop thinking better or worse. We just have to start thinking me and you. You are different than me. I am different than you. You can pray and speak the way you are, but you got to do it. You've got to get out there and do it. So sometimes what I've done with my grandkids is I've just said, say this after me. Because, and then I try to think of the bent of their person that would fit them the most and try to have them say it the way that would be most comfortable for them so that they learn how to speak and be spirit in their, in their, how they have the conversation. Okay, that's done a whole different line. Let's jump over to Ephesians 4, 17 really fast because the Spirit of the Lord's gonna say, Wendy Louise, get going. Ephesians 4 and verse 17, get this particular scripture. Okay, let's go to, yes, it's in the message again, Ephesians 4, 17, and it says this, and so I insist, and God backs me up on this. Yes, he does. There will be no going along with the crowd, the empty-headed, mindless crowd. They've refused for so long to deal with God that they have lost touch, not only with God, but with reality itself. See, what a word of the Lord for us today, but yet this was written so long ago. They can't, they can't think straight anymore. Feeling no pain, they let themselves go into sexual obsession, addicted to every sort of perversion. But continuing on in the message right here in verse 20 of Ephesians 4, but that's no life for you. I think that's so important to see. God is speaking to every single one of us. Oh, I don't think so. That is no life for me. You've learned Christ. Let's be people that learn Christ's way. Let's look how he healed the sick, loved people, laid his life down for each and every one of us. My assumption is that you have paid, paid careful attention to him being well instructed in the truth, precisely as we have in Jesus. Since then, we do not have the excuse of ignorance, er, ignorance, everything. And I do mean everything connected with that old way of life has got to go. And then take on the entirely new way of life with God, a God-fashioned life, a life renewed from the inside, working itself out into conduct as God accurately reproduces his character in you. Ephesians 4, verse 17 through 24 in the Message Bible will build you up and say, come on, somebody. Come on, my children. Learn my ways. Understand how valuable that you are. Understand that you no longer can get along with the stuff of the world, the lying stuff. This is a lying life. This is a life that will bring you down into a, a cloudy, gray area. It will bring you into this place of always not knowing what to do, always feeling this sense of, there's this always this sense of, I, I don't fit, I don't know, I can't figure it out. Always feeling left out, but always feeling this sense of anxiety. Anxiety lives and moves in the world culture, culture of way. It, it constantly is dividing. It constantly is angry. It constantly has new rules for who fits and who doesn't fit. 
That's the culture of the world. That's constantly the culture of the world. Somebody's in, somebody's out. Somebody's good, somebody's bad. There's no good rules in this culture of the world. And the word of God is saying, now listen, you've learned the way of Christ. Think on the ways of Christ. Pay attention to the way of my word. Pay attention to mine. And, what, and when we pay attention to God's way, can I just encourage you that when you pay, pay attention to God's way, he lets you know that I have sent my comforter, my teacher, my instructor, the Holy Spirit that lives and abides within you. And as the Holy Spirit lives and abides within you, he gives you a sense of direction. He gives you a wholesome. He gives you family. He gives you joy. He gives you strength. He gives you more than enough. Come on. That's who our God is. So when you're thinking about how do I change? How do I metamorpho? How do I have something more in my life? To me, the biggest thing that you and I can really hopefully maybe get from today is sometimes you have to realize that constantly the world will want you to move over to this side. But the Spirit of the Lord says, nah, that, nothing's worth it over there. It's not worth it. There's nothing good. So instead of even, even, even having a little thought about that way, recognize, nah, not going that way. In fact, there might be a couple things that I want to clean up because I've allowed a little bit of the culture to get a little bit too much time in my heart and my mind. I've allowed a little bit too much time on the things that are causing some of that conflict and causing me to walk a little bit tighter over to this area. So I might need to go ahead and clean up a little bit of the things that I'm doing, because why? Because I wanna walk in this place of the peace that passes understanding. I wanna walk in this place of the goodness and the kindness of God. How many of you say, that's me, Wendy. I'm walking over here. Come on, somebody. I'm walking over here. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining with us today. I'm praying that you heard something that will impact your life. If you'd like more information, connect with us at the Christian Faith Church app or go to the website at christianfaith.us.